0: وَحْدَاهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّمْ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ Verily the praise belongs to Allah. We praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness, and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead Him astray, and whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide Him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone, and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad is his slave servant and his messenger this evening we'd like to begin by izhnillahi ta'ala lecture number 26 the first uh, in this section or this group of lectures uh, after the examination and the chapter that we'll begin with this evening uh, is entitled Baab maja'a fit tanjim This chapter is the next chapter from the last one that we covered in Kitab al Tawheed, الذي هو حق الله على العبيد by Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab ibn Sulaiman at Tamimi and Najdi Rahimahallah. In this chapter, uh, Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab mentions two hadith of the Prophet. And the sayings of some of the scholars of the people of, of the Sunnah concerning uh, one of the issues under this chapter. So, there are basically three points or three evidences that have been mentioned here. For that reason, since the chapter is short, we will attempt to take the next chapter along with it. Uh, the chapter entitled Bab Maja'a Fil Istisqa'i Bil Anwa'i. In this chapter, Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab begins the chapter with the hadith Qala Al-Bukhari or with the statement Qala Al-Bukhari rahimahullah fi sahihihi Qala Qatada Qatada rahimahullah was one of the scholars of the Tabi'een and, and Qatada rahimahullah expressed his opinion Concerning the issue of Tanjim, where he explains the reasons why the stars have been created. He said, Allah and he that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created these stars and the heavenly bodies for three things. For three purposes or three reasons. Zinatan Lis وَرُجُومًا لِلشَّيَاطِينَ Yuhtada بِهَا يعني that the heavenly bodies, the stars, they have been created for a wisdom. They have a purpose. The حِكْمَة for which the نُجُوم have been created are three. The first of them is زِينَة للسَّمَاء يعني to adorn the heavens. As, an, as, a, as a decoration or an adornment for the heavens. The second purpose is رجوم, رجوم للشياطين, as missiles against the shayateen, the devils. And the third of them is as signs or marks, landmarks or marks by which the traveler may be guided. Then after mentioning these three things he said then whoever interprets them, or claims that they have some purpose, other than these which have been mentioned أخطأ نَصِيبَهُ وَتَكَلَّفَ مَا لَا عِلْمَ لَهُ بِهِ then such a person has erred, and he is in error and he has also نَصِيبَهُ he has lost his portion his portion or his reward in the next life on the day of judgment and he has taken upon himself the responsibility وتكلف, he has taken upon himself the responsibility of which for that which he has no knowledge he has taken upon himself, he has claimed something which in reality he has no knowledge of the meaning of the statement of Q Ra in this place that whoever understands it or claims that they have some other purpose he means he is referring to the people who claim to have knowledge of the unseen by examining or referring to the movements or the positions of the heavenly bodies and in those people who claim to be able to predict the future or claim to be able to know what will happen on earth by the movements or the positions of the heavenly bodies otherwise it is possible that there can be some other hikmah, some wisdom for which Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has created the stars or the nujum however these are the purposes that are known and as for those who claim to give them some other purpose such as that which is contradicted by the Qur'an and Sunnah, those who claim that by the movement of the heavenly bodies or their positions and so on, that they can predict the future or can achieve some knowledge of the unseen, then indeed this is uh, refuted by the Qur'an and by the Sunnah. And for this reason he said, whoever claims other than these things, he is referring to those people who claim knowledge of the unseen, then indeed they have erred and they have lost their portion of the next life because they have fallen into shirk and kufr by claiming that which is the exclusive right of Allah alone and they have taken upon themselves the responsibility or they have taken upon their self something for which they have no knowledge this, this statement is this athar of Qatada rahimahullah is reported by Al-Bukhari in his Sahih the Shaykh Muhammad Al-Qar'awi Hafizahullah may Allah protect and preserve him says that the relationship of this athar to the chapter heading bab majas al-tanjim yani what has been narrated or reported concerning al-tanjim he said it is that this effort or this narration or this report makes us to know that the opinion of qatada is that it is not permissible it is not permissible for anyone to have a belief concerning the nujum the heavenly bodies more than yani that they have any purpose more than what has been mentioned here these three things and of course as we said it means that he is referring to those who try to claim that they can have some knowledge of the unseen the relationship of this ether to the subject of Tawheed is that Qatada here has rejected and denied what is claimed by the Ahlul Tanjim the people of astrology what they claim of having knowledge of the ghayb ilm al ghayb knowledge of the unseen because this is a form of shirk with Allah ishraq ma'a fi ilm al ghayb yani they have made themselves a partner with Allah in the knowledge of the unseen and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, is the only one who has knowledge of the unseen as is mentioned in many places both in the Qur'an and in the sunnah and from that which is mentioned in the Qur'an is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Naml chapter 27 verse 65 قُلْ لَا يَعْلَمُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ إِلَّا That no one in the heavens or the earth knows the ghaib except Allah. No one in the heavens or in the earth. Human, angels, prophets or otherwise. No one knows the unseen except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or whatever he has revealed to whoever he revealed something to. of the prophets or messengers or the angels. Uh, then the author imam Muhammad Ibn Abdul mentions statements of some of the scholars concerning the study Ta'allum Manazil Al-Qamar the study of the positions or the phases of the moon in its revolving during the period of the month its 28 stages that it travels through and the study of this movement of the moon and the movement of the stars in reference to whether or not it is permissible or not wa qatada ta'allum manazil al-qamr. Yani qatada detested. He considered it as makruh. And the makruh of the early generations of the scholars was haram. Not like the later scholars of fiqh who made a distinction between makruh and haram and they considered makruh to be that which if a person leaves it then they will be rewarded for leaving it, for obeying Allah and avoiding that which is detestable or undesirable and those who fell into it they would not be punished for it. They would not be punished for it, as opposed to that which is haram. Whoever avoids it would be rewarded for leaving it, and whoever falls into it would be punished. However, the meaning of makruh here, and Allah knows best, according to what was understood by the early generation of the scholars in the use of makruh, is that it's haram. Wa Qatada manazil al that he detested or he considered it as haram. The studying of the phases of the moon nor did Ibn Uyayna, that is Imam Sufyan Ibn Uyayna nor did he give permission, he didn't allow also similar to Qatada, he did not allow the studying of these things ولم Ibn فيه and he didn't allow the learning or the studying of al-qamar, the phases of the moon or the study of the movement of the heavenly bodies ذكره حرب Anhuma, يعني حرب, one of the students of Imam Ahmed Mentioned or narrated these two sayings from Qatada and Ibn Uyayna ورخص أحمد wa Ishaq تعلم Alam al and Imam Ahmed rahimahullah, and Ishaq Al Imam Ishaq ibn Rāhway, allowed or gave permission or authorized the study or the learning of Al Manazil, the phases or the movements or stages of the moon or the heavenly bodies. Uh, the relationship of this ether to the subject under discussion or the Bab under discussion is that this report or this narration indicates that Qatada and Ibn Uyayna two of the great Imams of the early generation of the Muslims rahimahum Allah, that they disliked or they detested the learning of the study of the phases of the moon as for Al-Imam Ahmed and Al-Imam Ishaq Ibn Rahway rahimahum Allah, both of them allowed, they considered it permissible to study the phases of the moon. Then the sheik Al-Qar'awi, Rahimahullah, makes a note here, and he says, at tanjim has three divisions. Some of the scholars have divided into two, and some into three. In any case, the meaning is the same. And in those which divided into two, the first two divisions here that he has mentioned, they have put them in one category. It says at Tanjim, and at Tanjim it means the study of the heavenly bodies and it is of two types the study of the heavenly bodies by those who claim to have knowledge of the unseen through it and the study of the heavenly bodies in order to know the time periods or the seasons or the directions the direction of qibla, which way is north and south and so on one of them it is astrology which is prohibited and the other is astronomy which is permissible At tanjim Talatati Aqsam it is three divisions one of them is Kufr one of the divisions of Tanjim is Kufr and that is the belief that the heavenly bodies that they are the active force by their choice and that the actions or the activities that take place amongst the human beings are based are, based on the effect that the heavenly bodies have over other creatures in the universe the first of these divisions is Kufr it is the belief that these heavenly bodies have some effect that they have some power that they have some control uh, over what happens in this world that they are an active force and by choice they cause things to happen this is Kufr without a doubt the second division which is similar to it which is also Kufr and Shirk it is the using Al-Istidlal al-Hawadith the movement of the heavenly bodies the, the, Those people use as a proof of, indication of what will happen in this world They use as a proof The movement of the heavenly bodies They are coming together Or they are separating And then they say That by watching these movements And whether or not the bodies come together Or they separate from one another Or, or their movements They say that This is by the takdir of Allah mashiyati And it is What Allah has decreed And it is His will However Even while they are saying that they are still saying that these heavenly bodies and their movement affect what happens in the world and there is no doubt that this is also prohibited because it is a type of shirk and it is a type of shirk in that they are saying that what happens is by the qadr of Allah and it is, by, it is according to the will of Allah while at the same time they are giving some share of that power to the heavenly bodies that they have some control or, or some effect over what happens in this world I mean, they are giving some share of the authority of Rububiya, of the control of the universe to some of his creatures the third type is and these two come under the title of ilm at ta'athir ilm at ta'athir ta'athir is the thing that affects something the effect saying that these heavenly bodies have some effect on what happens in the world both of these types are prohibited the, the third type is ilm at tasyeer and that is in reference to the movement of heavenly bodies watching their movement in order to know something about the direction of the Qibla or the way to travel or the times of the year, the seasons and so on. He says Ilm al-Tasir the third type is Ilm al-Tasir and the person learns from it how to guide himself in traveling and the the knowledge of which direction is the qibla and the roads for traveling and the time i.e. the seasons of the year and so on or the time of the day this is jaiz permissible according to the Jamhur or the majority of scholars ilm al-tasyeer i.e. knowing something about the directions or time of the day or seasons by the movement or the positions of heavenly bodies and this is permissible, and this doesn't include any claim of knowledge of the future or knowledge of the unseen or any effect that these heavenly bodies have on what happens in the world. The second note that the Shaykh makes is the argument against those who use as a proof the saying of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala in Surah An-Nahl, Surah An-Nahl, chapter 16, verse, verse 16 wa bin nejmihum يَهْتَدُونَ yani the verse in the quran that talks about allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fixing in the earth mountains which stand firm uh, and setting in the earth rivers and roads that you may guide yourselves and then after that he mentions that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put in the earth mountains that remain firm i mean he, and he said and he put into the earth landmarks landmarks that the people guide themselves by during the day wa bin najmi and the stars which are in the sky which they guide themselves through by night wa bin najmi hum yahtadun some of the people of deviation try to claim or try to use this verse as a proof that the stars uh, are a guide a guide not in showing the way for traveling or direction or time but that it is a guide in knowing something about the unseen so they use this as a proof of the correctness of ilm at tanjim yani astrology and this is false because there are many proofs which show the prohibition of astrology ilm at tanjim yani the effect of the movement of heavenly bodies on the rest of the world there are, there are many proofs against this uh, and therefore um, this idea that the heavenly bodies have some effect on what is happening on earth that they control the lives of the human being in any way or affect them this is false and it becomes clear, and it, from the proofs, the, the, the other proofs concerning this matter, it becomes clear that the meaning of this ayat is that the stars, by means of guidance, meaning of knowing certain stars, can indicate the direction that someone may, may need to travel in. They know that this star is always in the northern sky or in the southern sky, and so on, or that it, it comes at a certain time... Uh, and from this, they are able to guide themselves for no times or seasons. The third comment or the third statement that is mentioned here is the Hadith from Abi Musa. An Abi Musa رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ثلاثة لا يدخلون الجنة مدمن الخمر وقاتع and yani three, there are three people who would not enter the paradise. The first of them is Mudmin al- Khamar, that is the one who is a habitual alcohol consumer, the one who consumes alcohol habitually, continuously, and remains in that condition until they die in it. This person, Mudmin al- Khamar, the alcoholic is a person who the Prophet Sallallahu said will not enter the paradise waqati ar-rahm that is the one who cuts off the relations cuts off family ties and blood relations and doesn't keep ties with his family wa musaddiq sihr yani the one who confirms the truthfulness of sihr and here the sihr that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab is referring to is the sihr of Tanjim this has been reported by Rawahu Ahmed Wa Ibn Hibban Fi sahihi imam Ahmed Rahimahullah Ibn Hibban reported this hadith and Ibn Hibban considered it Sahih likewise it was reported by Al-Hakam who said that Al-Hakam who said that it was Sahih and Al-Imam Al-Zahabi Allah, agreed with him while some of the scholars considered this hadith to have some weakness uh, and Shaykh Abdul al-Qadir al-Arnaout in his tahqiq or checking of the Sahih ibn Hibban, he said that the isnal of this hadith is weak, it contains a narrator who is not acceptable however due to the hadith being reported by a number of other Assaneed he said that perhaps it is strengthened and raised up to the level of Hassan due to uh, the support of other narrations and perhaps this was also the opinion that that hadith, even if it had some defect in it, it was raised up to be acceptable, according to the opinion of Al-Hakam and Al-Zahabi and Ibn Hibban and others uh, The general meaning of this hadith, in this hadith, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, says that there are three types of people that would not enter the paradise and that is because of the major sins And that is because of some major sins which uh, cause harm to the individual as well as harm to the society. These type of sins cause harm to the individual as well as the society. The first of them is the one who who drinks continuously, the alcoholic, and that is because it causes him to lose his mind, his reasoning and senses uh, and even his humanity, Uh, and also he falls yeah, and in terms in, this, in the society his status is, and he is, is degraded because he doesn't observe even uh, the moral customs of the society number two, the second of them is those who don't keep ties with their relatives and that is because this causes enmity and division between the members of the family uh, and this may cause a person to live alone from uh, even those who are the nearest to him of his family. The third of them is the one who confirms the truthfulness or believes in a sihr, magic. And again, what we are talking about here, specifically, although other forms of magic might also be in- included. Uh, but specifically in this chapter we are talking about ilm Tanjim or astrology. The reason why magic is also included amongst these things is because it encourages those people who take advantage of the people, the liars and uh, deceivers. It it encourages them to take the wealth of the people by falsehood. So all of these things affect the individual and also affect the society and therefore they are considered, uh, there is a stern warning against them and the Prophet ﷺ said that these people would not enter the paradise however, some of the scholars mentioned concerning this type of statement that it is of an Nusus, yani Nusus al-Wa'id it is of those texts from the Quran or from the Sunnah that express a threat from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the people for doing a certain action and these Nusus al-Wa'id, these texts from the Quran or from the Sunnah that express a threat or a warning from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that a person will be punished in hell fire, will be punished with such and such and so and so. The scholars disliked to explain these things away and they said we should accept them just as they are. If the Prophet said that person would not enter paradise, then we don't give it another interpretation, but we accept, we accept it as it is. However, we also confirm that this threat, the wa'id from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, goes back to his Mashiach. It goes back to the will of Allah, that on yawmul qiyamah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He may punish them if He wills. Allah has the right to forgive whom He wills. And He said that the only thing He would not forgive is shirk, the person who dies on shirk. However, anything less than that, Allah forgives of it whatever He wills. Therefore, the Nasus al-Wa'id, the, the texts that have a threat, contain a threat, should be understood just as they are without interpreting them in any other way. However, keeping in mind that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala If He punishes them, if He wills to punish them, He will punish them and that is what they deserve and that is justice. And if He forgives them, then this is in accordance with His favor and His mercy and His forgiveness. So that means that these people, they deserve to enter the hellfire and if Allah wills, He will punish them in hellfire. However, if He wills, He may forgive them and they may not enter the hellfire it is according to the Mashiach or the will of Allah from this the Shaykh mentions three benefits the first of them is the prohibition of khamr and from this hadith we understand the prohibition of alcohol the second of them is the obligation of keeping ties of relations that it is obligatory on the believers to keep ties with their relatives and number three the prohibition of believing that magic is true believing in the truthfulness of magic of course the effect of magic is real, indeed there is some effect that the magicians, if they put, use magic on someone, it may affect them mentally, it may affect them physically, it may cause sickness and it may cause death, however, the believing in them, believing what they say, I any mean believing especially those who claim to have knowledge of the unseen, believing that they have knowledge of the unseen, or believing that they can cause harm to anyone, in the, yani outside of or in spite of Allah's decree and yani if Allah decrees then they cannot harm anyone unless Allah allows it believing that they have power to harm people even if Allah doesn't will it this is what we mean by believing in them we believe that if Allah wills they may, they may harm someone however if Allah doesn't allow it, they have no power and no authority in the universe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except by what He allows the relationship of this hadith to the chapter heading is that this hadith indicates the prohibition of believing in the power of any type of magic or the magicians and from amongst it is Ilm al-Tamjim or astrology here the relationship of this hadith to Tawheed is that this hadith shows the prohibition of believing and the magicians and their magic including astrology or irma tanjim and that is because in this astrology there is the claim that someone has knowledge of the unseen and the knowledge of the unseen is the right of Allah alone, no one shares it with him and therefore this is a manner of associating them with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that knowledge which is his exclusive right this is the end of the matters related to Ilm al-Tanjim and just quickly and very very quickly uh, the ma'sail that I mentioned in the at the end of this chapter that I mentioned in the original book of Kitab al-Tawheed in the edition that's published by the Sheikh Muhammad Ibn Abdul Wahab mentions four issues or four important matters the first of them is the wisdom the Hikmah the wisdom or the reason or the purpose for which the heavenly bodies have been created, the stars. And there are three reasons, the first of them is for beautification or adornment of the heavens, the second of them is for the stoning of the shayatin, and the third of them that they are, that they are signs through which a person is guided in his traveling. The second issue is the refutation of those who claim other than that, yani those who claim that the heavenly bodies are a means, for example, to know something about the knowledge of the unseen, then uh, this is the refutation of them and whoever claims other than that then indeed they have erred and they have lost their portion of the next life, that is they have fallen into kufr or shirk and therefore they will not have any reward in the next life in the paradise and uh, naam the third issue is the mentioning of the khilaf or the difference of opinion concerning the learning of Manazil, Manazil Al-Qamar يعني the stages or the phases of the moon and the difference of opinion here was that some of the scholars such as Sufyan ibn Uyayna and Qatada held that it was prohibited to study the movements of the bodies this ilm, uh, the, the phases of the moon or the movements of the bodies the heavenly bodies and the other scholars like Al-Imam Ahmed and Al-Imam Ishaq ibn Rahawai held that it was permissible and the reconciliation or the gem or tawfiq between these two opinions is that those who said that it was prohibited, it is in reference to ilm al ta'athir, yani the knowledge of the heavenly bodies, of those who claim that the movements or positions of heavenly bodies affect the activities in this world, that they have some effect or some power over the activities in this world Or those who allowed it are talking about ilm at-tasir, ilm at-tasir, that is studying the movements of the heavenly bodies of the positions to know the seasons or the time of the day, the hour, uh, or the directions, the direction of qibla or north and south, and so on. The fourth and last issue is the threat for those who believed in anything of magic, even, as he says, even if they know that it is false, and whoever believes in something of Ilm tanjim that these people who claim to know something about the future the knowledge of the unseen whoever testifies to the truthfulness of what they said by their tongue even if in their heart they believe that it is false then this threat that they would never enter the paradise is applicable to them how can they express on their tongue that this is true if they know in their heart that it is false indeed whoever says it from their tongue then the least harm that may come from it is that they may mislead other people and cause people to engage in it or to follow in these things that are prohibited in Islam that are kufr and shirk Uh, The question, just quickly, is what are the two divisions of a tenjim? They are Ilm, at taathir and is the study of the heavenly bodies with the claim that the movement or position of these bodies control something in this world the exclusion of Allah, and the second of them is ilm at tasir, studying of the movement of the heavenly bodies in order to know the directions in traveling or the seasons or time of the day. Define each division of a tanjim. We mentioned them already and we defined each of them and the legal ruling concerning them. We also mentioned that the legal ruling concerning ilm at tasir. those who claim that these heavenly bodies and their movement affect. The activities on the earth is that it is haram. And the claiming of such knowledge is also shirk, it is a form of shirk. While the second division, ilm at tasir, the studying of the heavenly bodies in order to know which direction is the south or the north, or to know the time of the day like sunset or sunrise or dawn, uh, or the seasons of the year, this is permissible. Allah created these stars for three reasons, and in the statement of qatada, name the three reasons, the three reasons he created them to adorn the heavens as missiles against the Shayateen who tried to steal a hearing and also as signs by which the traveler may be guided what is the ruling concerning someone who claims that the stars have some other purpose the ruling is that such a person would not have any portion no they wouldn't have any nasib in the next life, they wouldn't enter the paradise what is the ruling concerning the study of Manazil al-Qamr, the lunar phases uh, the ruling concerning it is that there is difference of opinion, some scholars allowed it and some prohibited it, those who allowed it, it is based on the division of ilmat Tanjim into those who claim that the movement of heavenly bodies or the positions affect the activities in the earth, or those who only use it as a means to know the directions or times, so that the ruling concerning the study of Manazil al-Qamr is that it is allowed if we are talking about ilm at tasiyir Yani knowing the directions and times and it is prohibited if we are talking about having some knowledge of the unseen by the positions of certain heavenly bodies or their movements How can we reconcile the ikhtilaf concerning the study of Manazil al-Qamr? We have just explained it Yani that there is a type The ikhtilaf, those who said it's permissible and those who said it's not is based on the two different divisions of the study of the heavenly bodies, yani ilmit Is it guaranteed that those mentioned in the hadith of Abu Musa will not enter Al Jannah? We said that we understand the hadith of the. This is based on the hadith of Abu Musa that the Prophet said that the three will not enter Paradise and he mentioned those three. Uh, we say that it is not guaranteed that they will not enter the Jannah because Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, if He wills, He may forgive them and therefore they might enter the Paradise. Even if He punish them and then allows them out or if He forgives them, is according to Allah's will. However, this is from the Nusus, uh, Al-Wa'id, in which there is a threat. And we say that that threat, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills, He will fulfill it and punish them justly. Or if He wills, He may punish them out of His mercy uh, and His favor. Mention some of the Fawa'id, the Fawa'id are mentioned and e- with each of the evidences or the Ahkam or rulings we have discussed them. Uh, we will attempt Nam Faddiyak Nam Nam. the saying of Qatada is what? obviously it is not uh, whatever the, whatever is reported from the matters of unseen then it has two rulings, either if it is from those who are known to have taken from the Ahl-Kitab then we might consider it as Israeliyat and that is one matter however if it is not from the matters of the unseen then it would be considered as that which had to have come, from, come to him from the Sahaba, from the Prophet because it could only be known by revelation so it is based on yani what knowledge has been reported to him and not um, it is not Qatada wasn't known to be from amongst those who reported Israeliyat or the reports from the Ahlul Kitab and therefore it should be considered as that which is passed down to him from Sahaba and from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In any case these things that are mentioned in this statement of Qatada are confirmed in other evidences they are confirmed in the Quran and other verses and in hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu these purposes are confirmed as being the purposes for which Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala has created the stars or the heavenly bodies and for these purposes this is what is confirmed if there is any other wisdom in the creation of the heavenly bodies then that is something that is known to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. the second chapter and the evidence is concerning it, what is the time? Huh? 20 past, 25 minutes the second chapter it contains four evidences. It is entitled "Bab Majaa Fil Istisqa Bil Anwaar." what has been reported, the texts that have been reported concerning al istisqa. Al istisqa is linguistically seeking rain or seeking water. Uh, and here, what we mean by istisqa, however. What, we, what is meant here is istisqa meaning the supplication of people supplicating to the stars asking them to give them rain as though the stars have the ability to give rain or the belief that some of the pagans had that when it rained that rain was caused by the stars and yani the belief that when it rained the rain was caused by the stars or the actual supplication to the stars asking them for rain this is the meaning of istaisqa here in this place and al-anwa is the plural of naw and we mentioned this before in the previous sections that we took where the Prophet said la-nawa, that there is no now, meaning that there is no truth to the idea that the stars cause rain either as a cause Allah, either neither did Allah make them as a cause for the rain nor do they have any independent power in and of themselves to cause rain uh, the first evidence that Imam Muhammad ibn Abd al-Wahhab mentions is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Waqiyah, chapter 56, verse 82. وَتَجْعَلُونَ رِزْقَقُمْ أَنَّكُمْ تُكَذِّبُونَ Yani the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that instead of thanking Allah, وَتَجْعَلُونَ رِزْقَقُنْ Instead of thanking Allah for your rizq, for the provisions or sustenance that Allah has given to you, Instead in place of that, أنكم تكذبون You deny You deny Allah's favor yani You deny that the bounty or favor that Allah has given to you is from Him and you attribute it to other than Allah and this is kufr Instead of thanking Allah for the provision He gives you, you deny that is disbelieve in Him or disbelieve in the favors that He has given to you by denying that those favors or those bounties come exclusively from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone uh, the shaykh says the general meaning of this ayah, in this ayah, there's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is blaming those who deny his bounties that he has granted them. Those who deny the bounties which they have that they come from Allah, they deny that they are from Allah, but they attribute them to other than Allah. And from amongst those bounties is the rain through which the lands are given, the earth has given life and the people, the creatures, are, their life is maintained. That rain, that water which is the primary source of life. It is of the greatest of the bounties of Allah and those who attribute it to the stars or to anything other than Allah. And this is kufra, kufra and ni'mah or denying the favours of Allah and it is a form of kufra, yani kufra amali, kufra in actions or kufra in speech or kufra duna kufra, yani minor kufra. That is, if a person is considering that the rain is a cause, not that the rain itself is independent. I mean that the stars are a cause. Not that the stars are independent in causing rain. But they believe that the stars are only a cause. That Allah has made. Allah has not made them a cause. Therefore this is also wrong. And it is prohibited. And it is kufr doona kufr. And it is minus shirk. So here he says that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has blamed those who deny his favors which he has given to them. Such as the rain. And they attribute it to the stars or to the position of the stars or the places of the setting of the stars while these stars they don't possess any power, any ability to bring about any benefit nor to repulse any harm such as the saying of those who say mutirna بِنَوْ اِكَذَرَ those who say we have been given rain by this or so and so particular star or by the movement of that star and in those who say this, this statement is a statement instead of attributing the rain to Allah who is the one who causes rain and who alone has power and control over it they have attributed that this rain has come to them from a star the benefits from this the three benefits that he mentions from this ayat is number one that al-khair and al-shar all good and all evil is muqaddar min Allah it is all decreed by Allah <coughs> it doesn't happen it doesn't take place it doesn't come except that Allah has decreed it number two Is that the rain, it is from the risk, the sustenance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his creatures. Number three, that attributing Allah's favor to other than Allah, it is disbelief in him. It is disbelief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in denying his favors. It is, it could be kufr akbar or kufr asghar, depending on whether or not a person thinks that that star is only a cause, and which is not, and then in that case it is minor kufr because they have given some credit to that star which it doesn't deserve which belongs to Allah alone or it is major kufr if they think that the star itself has some power to bring the rain or that they supplicate to the star calling on it attaching their hearts to the star instead of being dependent and relying upon Allah alone the relationship of this ayat to the chapter under discussion is that this ayat indicates the kufr the disbelief of the one who attributes the favours the bounties of Allah to other than him and from that are those who attribute the rain to the stars. The relationship of this ayah to the chapter of Tawheed, that this ayah denies or it, uh, it rejects those who claim or those who attribute the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to something other than Him, to ascribe it to other than Him. Such as ascribing the rain to the stars uh, because this is a form of ishraq ma'Allah. And it is making them as a partner or giving them a share with Allah in His bounties that He alone uh, controls. The second evidence that He mentions is the saying of of Abu Malik. An Abi Malik Al-Ashari radiallahu anhu anna rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal arba'un fi ummati. مِنْ أَمْرِ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ لَا يَتْرُقُونَ Now there are four matters or four things which are from the affairs of Jahiliyyah. And Jahiliyyah means the time, the, the era before the Prophethood of Muhammad Yani the days of ignorance while the people were without the knowledge of the correct deen. And whatever is in contradiction to what the Prophet has brought in the Quran and the Sunnah it is also Jahiliyyah even if it is in our time. And ijahiliya means the time period before the revelation of the Qur'an while the people were in ignorance and it also refers to anything that is in contradiction to the deen of Allah that which has been revealed in the Qur'an and Sunnah. He said there are four matters which my Ummah will not abandon that they will continue to practice at least some of them will practice some of these things or some of them may practice all of them while some may not practice any of it. But there will always be some people practicing these things from his Ummah and here he means Ummatul al-Ijaba those who have answered the call, the Muslims those four things are Al Fakhru bil Ahsab Yani having pride in uh, the glory or the courageousness or the fame or whatever the position of one's ancestors. Being proud of that, while well, it doesn't give you anything. Yani it doesn't you don't have any credit for anything in what the people before did. fil-ansab, making false accusation or speaking ill or criticizing the lineage of other people, and he's talking about someone's parents or their grandparents or their ancestors, speaking ill of them, bringing out their faults. Wal istisqa bin nujoom, seeking rain from the stars, either by asking the stars for rain directly or believing that the stars have some power or, or have some any you know, role to play in the cause of rain. Wal niyaha, that is. Any exaggeration in the praise of the dead, or wailing and crying—any exaggeration in wailing and crying or weeping over the dead. وَقَالَ الْنِيَاحَةُ إِذَا لَمْ تَتُوبْ قَبْلَ مَوْتِهَا تُقَامُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ فَأَلَيْهَا ثِرْبَالٌ مِنْ قِطَرَانٍ وَدِرْعٌ مِنْ جَرَبٍ رَوَاهُ مُسْلِمٌ Then the Prophet said, after mentioning the wailing and weeping over the dead and going to the extreme and praising the dead and niyaha he said and the woman who is hired to mourn over the dead to scream and shout and to say these things that they do it, as, as the practice of jahiliyyah if she doesn't repent before she dies then she will be brought forth on Yomu qiyamah she will be raised up while she is wearing uh, she is wearing a, a, some clothing uh, of melted copper or a cloak of scabies and this means that she would be wearing a clothing which would be like something from melted papa meaning that her body would be enclosed in it and she would not be able to get out of it or move from it and also she would have a cloak of jarab that means some kind of sickness or disease that caused the person to have scabs and to itch and scratch and she would not be and, and that person would not be able to escape from these two types of punishment in addition to whatever punishment would be given to them according to their other deeds on Yawm al This hadith is reported by an Imam Muslim. The general meaning of this hadith the Sheikh says that Islam has attempted to cut off every relationship to the uh, the evil habits of the days of Jahiliyyah, the days of ignorance before Islam. Islam wants to cut off every one of those evil evil habits. So the Prophet ﷺ informed that this hadith that warn them from falling into such actions. The first of them, it is the person who feels honored by his parents or by his ancestors and by what they have done. And this might lead to a person becoming idle or slack or falling off from his actions and from bravery or heroism or from doing that which is expected of him. If he relies upon that which the people, the glory or the greatness of those who came before him any feeling proud about what the people before you did while you haven't done anything. The second of them is the criticism or speaking ill of the lineage of other people, of their parents or their grandparents or their ancestors and this is something that leads to the people looking after and searching out the faults of the Muslims and it also leads to distorting the reputation of the Muslims which brings to the Islamic society separation and conflict and discord and dissension the third of them is seeking the rain from the stars and this is because of what it entails of causing the people's hearts to be connected to and to be dependent upon and confident in and relying upon other than allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and surrendering themselves and submitting themselves and humbling themselves to something of the creation that doesn't have any ability to bring any benefit or to cause any harm. The fourth of them is the raising of the voice in mentioning or enumerating the good deeds of someone yani eulogizing someone going to the extreme and eulogizing or in uh, shouting and screaming and weeping and mourning over them going to the extreme outside of the bounds of what Allah has legislated because this only, uh, this is an indication that someone has rejected and is not pleased with what Allah has decreed and it also causes more sorrow for the people, the family of the deceased and it also widens the circle of those who feel this tragedy for this reason the Prophet confirmed for this reason the Prophet confirmed uh, that for the woman who, uh, the hired woman who wails um, over the dead uh, who weeps and wails over the dead, he confirmed the threat that such a person if they didn't hasten to repent before death overcame them, then uh, they would receive the reward that is mentioned in this hadith, or they would receive the punishment that is mentioned in this hadith. The benefits or the fawaid that the Sheikh, Sheikh Muhammad al-Qur'awi Hafizahullah mentions from this Uh, hadith are many, from amongst them he said the blaming of whatever it is from the actions, the evil actions of Jahiliyyah that all of it is blameworthy, not only An-Niyaha, but all of the actions the evil actions of Jahiliyyah are blameworthy, the second of them is the prohibition of feeling uh, pride about what one's ancestors have done as well as the prohibition of speaking ill and looking for the defects in uh, the ancestors of others as well as an-niyaha, excessive excessive praise and eulogizing the dead or excessive weeping and mourning and wailing over the dead third of them is the takfir the disbelief of the one who seeks rain from the stars who believes that they are kafir kafir, akbar that takes a person out of Islam, the one who believes that the stars are the active force which causes rain however if somebody believes that they are only a cause that they are not the active independent force but they are only a cause that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them a cause for the cause of rain while in fact Allah is the one who causes the rain then this is kufr a kufr yani the lesser kufr or kufr amali kufr in actions any yani which doesn't take a person out of Islam in other words the person who believes in this it depends on what they believe if they believe the stars are an independent cause this is major kufr that takes a person out of Islam and if they believe that uh, that the stars are not, an, are not an independent cause but that Allah is the actual cause and the stars are only a reason for the rain that Allah has made while Allah has not made them as such and this is also kufr, yani minor kufr. The fourth point is the acceptance of tawbah before the soul is actually taken from the person, yani before the actual point of death tawbah is accepted and also in this hadith is the encouragement for people to uh, repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for their sins and that repentance removes a person's sins no matter how great they may be. Number five the confirmation of the Mu'ajizah of the Prophet that just as he informed that these things will remain amongst his ummah in fact we have seen that to be a reality they remain until today and the sixth point is the confirmation of Al-Ba'af and Al-Jaza the resurrection and the recompense or the reward That people will receive in the next life. The relationship of this hadith to the chapter heading is that this hadith indicates the prohibition of al istisqa bil anwa. Yani of seeking rain from the stars. And number two, the relationship of this hadith to the chapter of tawheed is that this uh, hadith rejects the istisqa. Yani the seeking of rain from the stars because uh, it is seeking some benefit from other than Allah and benefit is only from Allah and therefore seeking it from other than Him it is shirk it would be akbar or asghar any yani major shirk or minor shirk depending on what the person believes if that one who they, they are seeking from they think it is independent of Allah or they think it is only a cause that is made by Allah Well Allah has not made it as a cause therefore we shouldn't take anything as a cause except what Allah has made as a cause then he says a note that it is permissible to call a person by his nickname by some other description, uh, even though he may dislike it, if that's the only way that he can be identified, And it's permissible to call somebody by a name that they are known by, even though it is a detestful, detestful, detestable, detestable uh, description, if if that is the only way that they can be identified. Um, the third evidence is says that which is reported وَلَهُمَا يعني reported by al bukhari Muslim عن Zair ibn Khalid al-Juhani رضي الله عنه He said صلى لنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الصلاة الصبح isri على إِثْرِ سماء كانت من الليل يعني كانت من الليل يعني the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم led us in the prayer in the morning prayer the subh, fajr prayer in Hudaybiyah a place near Mecca uh, after a night of rain فَلَمَّا أَنصَرَفَ أَقْبَلَ عَلَى النَّاسِ فَقَالَ Then the Prophet when he finished to pray, he turned to the people, he turned his face towards them and he said, Hal Tadruna Rabbukum. He said, Do you know what your Lord has said? Indeed, the Prophet asked the question to call their attention or to get their attention. Because he wants to tell them something important, indeed he knows that they don't know what Allah has revealed. He knows. But the question is only a means to get their attention. Hal do you know what your Lord has said? and what Allah has revealed? They said that Allah and His Messenger knows best. قال... قال من عبدي من عبدي he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that the morning has come while some of my servants are mu'min بِي is a believer in me kafirun, and some of them have disbelieved in me. Some of them have reached the morning remaining on, on Iman and some of them have disbelieved. فأما من قال مُوْتِرْنَا بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَرَحْمَتِهِ so as for the one who says that we have been given rain by the by the bounty and favor of Allah and His mercy، فذلك مؤمن بي then that is the one who is a believer in Me، كافر بِالْقَوْكَبِ and a disbeliever in the stars، and yani the one who said who attributed the favor of Allah and His bounty the rain to Allah that the rain came from Allah مُوْتِرْنَا بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَرَحْمَتِهِ that it is Allah's favor and His bounty and His mercy on us that he co- that caused the rain by that, that is the one who is the believer in me and disbeliever in the stars. Yani, meaning Iman here it means the one who is thankful and grateful and attributes the favour that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them to him alone. But as for the one who says we have been given rain by such and such star, yani, attributing the bounty of Allah to other than Allah then And that one is a disbeliever in me. And in this kind of disbelief, as we said, it could be major disbelief or minor disbelief, depending on what the person believes. But is that star an independent cause? Or a cause made by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said, that is the one who is a disbeliever in me, meaning disbelief in reference to the bounties of Allah, Mu'min bil مُؤْمِن Yani, Believing and a believer in the stars. And the Shaykh says in the general explanation of this hadith, that Zayib ibn Khalid al-Juhani, rahimahullah, uh, anhu, has informed us in this hadith that the Prophet led them in the Fajr prayer in a place called Hudaybiyah, and that salat uh, and that salat was performed on the ground which was wet from the rain from the night before. So when the Prophet ﷺ finished the, from the prayer, he turned towards the people and he wanted to encourage them. He wanted to encourage the Sahaba in doing good, al-khair and he wanted to move in them or motivate them to seeking knowledge to seeking knowledge so he said to them do you know what your Lord has said and they acted with proper adab al-adab yani they had good adab with Allah and His Messenger they said yani they returned the matter of the knowledge of what Allah has said they said obviously we have no knowledge but they acted in the way that a person is supposed to act when they don't know something they turned the knowledge back to the one who has a right to it and they said Allahu wa rasuluhu a'lam that Allah and his Messenger knows best and then the Prophet ﷺ informed them of what had been revealed to him that the people had become divided after the rain that had fallen into two groups shakirun wa kafirun shakirun the one who is thankful who attributes the bounties of Allah to Allah he is the mu'min wa kafirun the one who is ungrateful the one who attributes the bounties of Allah to other than Allah. He has not shown his gratitude to Allah, he is the Kafir or Kufr al-Ni'mah. So whoever has attributed the rain to the favor of Allah, then he is thankful for the ni'mah, the bounties of Allah, and that is the mu'min bi. and whoever has attributed the rain to the stars, then that one has disbelieved in the ni'mah of Allah and The benefits from this hadith also are many. Quickly, from amongst the, the benefits that he mentioned, the fawaid, he said that it is commendable or mustahab for the imam after he finishes the salat and makes taslim to turn towards the people who are following him in prayer, to turn around to them, or at least to turn around and facing the right. Number two, the, that it is mustahab to encourage the people or to yani, increase their desire for seeking knowledge by istijwab, yani by asking a question that encourages them to seek knowledge. Number three, the confirmation of the characteristics, the sifa al-qawl, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks. Number four, the good conduct, husn adab for the one who is asked about something which he doesn't know. Yeah, I and mean the good conduct of the person who is asked about something he doesn't know, is that he says Allah knows best, Allahu alam. This is the proper adab, for the one who is asked and he doesn't know, he says Allah is the one who knows best. Number five, the prohibition of al-kufr bin niam. Yani, of, of being ungrateful for the favors of Allah. Number six, the confirmation of sifatul rahma lillah. Yani, the characteristic of mercy. That it is one of the characteristics of Allah. And likewise in this hadith is the characteristic of al-fadl. That Allah, Allah's bounties as well as His mercy is upon the people. Number seven, the ascription or attribution of the ni'mah. The bounties to other than Allah is disbelief in Him. It is not permissible to ascribe the actions of Allah to other than Allah. Allah is the one who caused the rain. Therefore, the bounties which Allah has given to us, rain or otherwise, it should only be ascribed to Him alone. Number eight, the prohibition of a person saying, the person saying that we have been given rain by such and such star, or that we have been given rain by anything other than Allah, or that we have been given any bounty, any bounty or favor, that its it source is other than Allah because all the khayr is from Allah. The relationship of this hadith to the chapter under discussion is that this hadith indicates uh, that as- ascribing the rain to the stars is kufr in Allah. Either major or minor kufr as we said previously. <coughs> the relationship of this hadith to Tawheed is that <coughs> this hadith considers the one who ascribes or attributes the rain to the stars as a kafir because he has attributed the the favor or bounty of Allah and here it means the rain to other than Allah and that way he has made something as a partner with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala What is the time? Almost? Almost time for that? Inshallah we will finish this last point The last hadith he says, huma," meaning Al-Bukhari, and Muslim however, it appears as though this hadith is only in the Sahih of Muslim and it appears as though this hadith is not in Al-Bukhari. In any case, he said, وَلَاهُمَا مِنْ حَدِيثِ Ibn Abbas From the hadith of Ibn Abbas, بِمَا أَنَاهُ yani, Similar in meaning. وَفِيهِ And it contains these words. قَالَ بَعَدُهُمْ yani, Similar to the previous hadith that the Prophet some performed the prayer after a rainy night. And then uh, when he said what he said to them, some of the people said, قَالَ بَعَدُهُمْ لَقَدْ صَدَقَ كَذَا وَكَذَا Yani, that such and such star has fulfilled its promise. Yani that it has been truthful. It has promised the rain and it has brought us rain. Yani believing that the stars cause rain. فَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ الْآيَاتِ Then Allah revealed these verses. Yani the verses from Surah al waqia uh, From chapter 56 verses 75 to 82. That indeed Allah Subh'anaHu Ta'ala made an oath. Swearing a qasam, swearing by the places of the setting of the stars, nujum. He swears by them. Wa la And this indeed is a qasam. It is an oath. If you only know, it is a tremendous, a great oath. Allah subhanahu wa taala making an oath, swearing by something. bringing to the attention of the people that as the thing that he is swearing by is a reality and a truth and a fact, and as great as it is. As it is so likewise what he is going to say, it is a great truth that you should pay attention to. In the oath that he is swearing upon, Innahu la Qur'an Kareem. That it is indeed a Qur'an Kareem, a noble, honourable Qur'an, a Qur'an that contains much good, that is full of good. Khair Katiyah. Innahu la Qur'an maknoon. It is in a book that is protected and preserved, meaning La and no one touches that book, meaning Allahu Alaihi No one touches it except the pure, which is the Malaika, the angels, according to the most correct opinion. Tanzilun مِنْ رَبِّ Alameen. And it has descended, meaning Al Quran. The Quran has descended from Allah Alaihi from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It has descended مِنْ رَبِّ Alameen from the Lord of the worlds, from the Lord of everything. Afa al hadithi antum mudhinoon. Then is this hadith, yani this speech, Meaning the Qur'an, is it something that you could deny, that you could reject? وَتَجْعَلُونَ رِزْقَكُمْ أَنَّكُمْ تُكَذِّبُونَ And you have made your risk, and you have made the risk, the sustenance that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you, instead of thanking Him for it, you have replaced thankfulness with تَكْذِيب أَنَّكُمْ تُكَذِّبُونَ That you deny Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's favor, you attribute to other than Him, meaning you disbelieved in Him, you disbelieved in Him by being ungrateful, by not recognizing or attributing to him the favor that he has given to you. The reason for the revelation of these ayats is contained in uh, the, the previous hadith. That is, it was revealed when some people claimed that the stars actually brought about rain, that they have been given rain by the stars. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these verses. Uh, the Sheikh says in the explanation of this hadith that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes an oath by the places of the setting of the stars at the time when they set and that oath is concerning the confirmation of the greatness of the quran and its blessings yani the oath that he made al muqsam bihi it is the setting of the stars wal muqsam alehi the thing that he swore upon that he swore upon to, to make the statement It is in reference to the Qur'an. And he made the oath swearing by the stars in reference to the greatness and the blessings of the Qur'an. That it is preserved in a book which is in the hands of the angels, meaning Allah Mahfuz. And that no one touches it with Allah in the presence of Allah except the angels who are pure. And that it here, meaning the Qur'an, it has been sent down from the one who possesses the universe and who controls it. وَلَيْسَ كَمَا زَعْمَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ And it is not as the mushrikeen claim that the Qur'an, they claim that it is poetry or that it is sorcery or otherwise, it is not like that. But indeed it is, it is a great book, it is preserved in the law of no one touches it except the angels and it is sent down from the Lord of the world. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala denies by this oath, denies what the pagans claim, that it is only poetry, it is only sorcery but in fact it is revealed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then he rejects, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rejects and refutes those who side with or join forces with the kuffar. in reference to what the kafis said about the Qur'an and they try to flatter them those who flatter, the disbelievers in what they said about the Qur'an and then they distort some of the rulings of the Qur'an بِتَحْرِيْفْ they distort some of the Ahkam of the Quran as we find some of the people doing today إليهم, and they يعني, t- put confidence in the disbelievers and they rely upon them and they, de- they depend upon them as we see some of the Muslims doing today and from, from that يعني, relying upon them and turning to them and flattering them and joining forces with them was in this case what was meant here al ila al anwar. and it was that they agreed with the disbelievers in attributing their sustenance, here meaning the rain, to the stars. The disbelievers attributed the rain to the stars. And here some of them attributed to the stars, so they agreed with them. They cited them, and they joined forces with them. And that was in denial of what has been revealed. al-haqiqi wa وَهُوَ Allah, Yani denying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one, the real one, who sends down the rain. The benefit from this statement, he mentions six, that it is the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make an oath or to swear by whatever he wills, even his creatures. However, it is not for the human beings to make an oath except by Allah or his sifat. And yani the human being can only make an oath by Allah or by the sifat of Allah. We can swear by Allah's characteristics and his qualities because they are part of Allah and they cannot be separated from him. However, it is not for the human being to swear by the creatures, by the creation, by what Allah has created, but it is Allah's right alone to swear by His creation. Number two, the confirmation of the greatness of the Qur'an and that it is preserved and protected from any change or any, any distortion. Number three, that the Qur'an is revealed, it is sent down and it is not created. It is not a created thing, it is part of Allah, it is of the stifat of Allah, Allah's speech, it is Allah's speech. And it is not created. Nothing of Allah's characteristics are created. Number four, the confirmation of the characteristic, the sifa of al-uloo for Allah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is high. That Allah is lofty. That Allah is high above everything. His that, His being, as well as His sifat are high and lofty above everything else. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has conquered everything. Number five, the prohibition of al-mujamala. And yani al-mujamala means flattering or showing false friendship with the disbelievers or the enemies or people or anyone showing false friendship towards them or flattering them falsely at the expense of the deen and no one should try to please anyone at the expense of contradicting their deen. Number six, the prohibition of attributing the rain to the stars and whether they are uh, independent cause of the rain or a cause that is made by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The relationship of this ayat to the chapter under discussion is that this ayat indicates the disbelief of those who ascribe the bounties of Allah to other than Allah and from amongst those bounties or the ascription of the rain to the stars. The relationship of this ayat to the chapter of Tawheed is that this ayat uh, rejects and negates the one who attributes the bounties to other than Allah yani such as the attribution of the rain to, other, to the stars because this is a form of giving something a share with Allah in the bounties that he alone is the cause of. This is the end of the evidences, and I don't know if we should look at the Messiah or the questions. Is there five minutes remaining? This? Ten minutes? Okay. The Messiah, perhaps, uh, we should look at, because there are some explanations in some of them that are not found in the translation of uh, Maqsavud Ar-Salam's edition. Of those Messiah, uh, and there are many, the first of them is the explanation of Ayat al we the, the, the ayat that were revealed on that occasion of the rain. The second of them is the mention of the four things which are from the affairs of Jahiliyyah. And also those four things we mentioned, um, the saying uh, bad things about someone's lineage or being proud of one's ancestors seeking rain from the stars and al niyaha yani going to the extreme and praising the dead or mourning over them. The third of those issues is the mention of the kufr in some of these things. But in some of these things it is kufr. Yani not only the seeking of rain from the stars or attributing to the stars is kufr, but also according to a hadith of the Prophet وسلم, speaking ill or looking for the faults in someone's ancestors as well as mourning and wailing to the extreme over the dead. This is also a form of kufr. Yani kufr amali. Kufr dunu kufr, mainu kufr. The fourth issue is that there are some types of kufr that does not take a person out of Islam. If it is minor kufr, then it doesn't take a person out of Islam. However, it is still kufr and it is severe. Even minor kufr is the greatest of the kabaih of major sins and it should be avoided. Some types of kufr does not make a person uh, fall out of Islam. Number five, the fifth issue is the saying that in the morning some of my servants have become believers in me and some of them disbelievers in me due to the descending of his bounty meaning the rain and some of them ascribed the bounty to Allah and therefore they remained as believers thankful, shakir to Allah for what he has given and some of them ascribed it to other than Allah they were ungrateful to Allah and they have fallen into a type of kufr. The sixth issue is understanding the Iman in this issue in this point here Iman here it means those who believed in me believed in Allah means being thankful to Allah and ascribing to Him that which He has given. The seventh issue, understanding the kufr in this in this matter, it means being ungrateful to Allah and not ascribing that which Allah has given to Him but ascribing it to other than Allah. The eighth issue is understanding His saying, لَقَدْ صَدَقَ نَوْ كَذَا وَكَذَا, and yani He understanding the saying of the person who says that the rain, uh, that the star has fulfilled His promise in bringing about rain. He said that. This is similar to the statement of those who said, "Mutirna bi-mawikala," that we have been given rain by such and such star. This means that the person, such a statement means that the person believes that the star has promised rain and then it has fulfilled its promise, and this is kufr. The ninth issue is the scholar bringing out some issue for the understanding of the student by a question like the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asked them ma rabbukum, Do you know what your Lord has said? This, this type of usloob or this manner of teaching by asking a question to get the attention of the student and to make them focus on what is about to be said this is a way of teaching that is learned from this hadith of the Prophet sallallahu and the tenth issue is the warning or the threat for the hired woman who mourns and wails over the dead the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that if she didn't repent before death overcame her, then she will be punished with such and such and so and so. And this is indeed a severe threat. And again, this threat, يعني, it comes under the title of Nusus al-Wa'id, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he threatens with something, it comes under his mashia. He may do it if he wills, or يعني, he may punish them if he wills, or he may forgive them if he wills. Um, maybe quickly, the question... For some of the questions, define al-istisqa linguistically, it is seeking rain, and explain what is meant here, it is seeking rain from the stars. Define al-anwa, it is the plural of now. it means the stars, or the positions of the stars, or the movement of the stars, or it also may refer to the uh, phases of the moon, the movement of heavenly bodies, and that these things, knowing their positions or their movements, is a way of knowing something about the unseen. What is the ruling concerning someone who ascribes the favours of Allah to others than him? This is a kufr, a form of kufr, doon minor kufr, mayin kufr. kufr. Meaning, uh, not being grateful for the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is meant by al-jahiliyyah and the above hadith of Abu Malik? It means the time period before the revelation of the Qur'an, before the missioning of the Prophet ﷺ, the period of ignorance before Islam came uh, to the people in the Arabian Peninsula. And it also refers to anything that contradicts or is contrary to al-Islam as it's revealed in the Qur'an and sunnah. What are the four traits? From the Jahiliyyah that will be found in the Muslim Ummah, pride in the nobility of one's ancestors, defaming or slandering the lineage of others, seeking rainfall from the stars, and excessive wailing or praise of the dead. Uh, what manners or adab might we learn from this saying, Allah and His Messenger know best? It is the adab of the one who is asked about what he doesn't know, that he should ascribe, ascribe knowledge to the one who knows. Yani in the matter that we don't know, we, can say, we should say, that we don't know. Say Allah is the one who knows best. What is the reason for the revelation of the verses? So I swear by Mawaqin Nujum, the reason for the revelation, it was revealed at the time when some people, when rain came and some people ascribed the rain to other than Allah, they ascribed it to the stars. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these verses, showing or ending with the words that instead of thanking Allah, they disbelieved in Him, yani they were ungrateful by ascribing his favors to other than him. What is the ruling concerning al qasam Swearing by other than Allah. It is prohibited to swear by other than Allah. It is allowed for Allah to swear by his creatures or his creations as he wills. However, for us, it is only allowed to swear by Allah or to swear by the Sifat, the characteristics of Allah. We swear by Allah's greatness or by Allah's glory and so on. Uh, What is the ruling concerning ascribing the rainfall to Al-Anwa, i.e. to the stars? It is prohibited. It is kufr, either major kufr or minor kufr, and uh, it is and it's haram. Some of the benefits that may be derived from this chapter are that which we have mentioned under each title. If there are any questions or any corrections or any comments, quickly, as we are going forth to the prayer, if anybody has any comments. Uh, otherwise, if the sisters have any questions, you can write them, and we will take them when we return from the Salat. Nam. Is it five minutes to the Iqamah? Huh? Yes? Well, we can talk any after the Salat because maybe we, we might, um, should women leaving women in Salat, should the woman leaving women in Salat, is it also Sunnah, or leading women in Salat, is it also Sunnah for to face the congregation after the Salat also, or is it just for the man, Imam, leading the Salat? Allahu A'la. I don't know, I never heard anyone discuss this issue. Is it only for the men? It is the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. In any case, the Imam, when it is a man, is different than the Imam when it is a woman. As we know, the Prophet ﷺ used to stand in front of the first line, but as for the woman, if she leads women in prayer, she should not stand in front of the line, but she should stand in the line with women. This is the proof that the woman who leads women in prayer is not exactly the same as the man who leads the congregation of prayer. And Allah only knows if this ruling is applicable to them, uh, but in any case, I any mean, if one didn't do it, it might be better. Since we don't have any proof that it's applicable to women, and Allah knows better. subhanak Allahumma ubi hamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astakfuka wa tuwalee. فَكَيْفَ لفضيله <تصفيق> الدكتور